0: Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk After Dark, where we talk Star Wars queerly. Tonight is some night, and some night, we are talking Rebels, with the animation queen herself, Hope Mullinex. Get ready, it's time to drink up! Welcome to Pink Milk After Dark. I am your host, Brian. With me, as always, are my better hosts, Emma.
1: Hi.
0: And Mark. Hello. Hello, friends.
2: Hello, hello. Hello,
0: Hello, chat. Hello, everyone listening. Make sure if you are here on YouTube right now or in the future, hit that subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up. Do all the things you need to do. How are the two of you? Things good? good?
2: Yeah, yeah. Great.
0: How's the week been? (laughs) Hey,
3: Emma, you have no business.
0: You got good news this
3: week.
2: It's true. It's true.
3: Mark, how about you? It's ups and downs, but I'm here. It's Friday. It's all good. I'm here to talk Rebels, so. Yeah, it's going to be fun.
0: I have a confession to make. That I realized today, I've never bought Star Wars Rebels on Blu-ray or DVD. I only have it on, on, on iTunes.
3: Well, <laughs> it, hey, at least you have it. <laughs> yeah. I think
0: it was 2009 when like, the hard- housing market and all that were like garbage, and it was a very rough time in life for a lot of us, so we canceled mm. cable because I didn't want to watch the news anymore. <laughs> and then we didn't have cable or anything for like five years mm. so when this started I didn't, ha- I, actually I don't think I had cable its entire run so I only, I got it on iTunes but right. whatever and that thing that I do not own is Star Wars Rebels oh. so that's what we're going to talk about tonight for uh, Rebels Remembered with the queen of animation herself right here our lovely <laughs> oh, Hi! <laughs> Hello!
1: Hi! Hi chat. Hi! Chat, Hi, chat? What's up, chat? Hello, everybody. I love you all. Oh, you're all so beautiful. I love it. Oh yes. yes. I love you guys. I'm so, so happy to be here. Alejandro,
0: hello. hello. Alexandria, hello. Brandon the Ewok. Hello. Sleeping Kitten. Hello. 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 There's our friend Chase. Hello. Hello, Dez. Oh my god, Des! you did not fall asleep today. You did not fall asleep. <laughs> hello, Jeff. Hello, Thrifting. Thrifting. Yes, please make YouTube videos of all of your finds. It would be fun. Uh, Tony, hello, Tony. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited and Hope, I haven't seen you in like, well, in Since the round 2020 table. slash, yeah. yeah. This is like real life. This is IRL 2020 so far, 2021.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. It never ended. <laughs>
2: it's That's still never, here. Yeah. Hi, yeah. <laughs> so. uh, Hope!
0: Just, and you know what's so nice, chat? Normally, oh. we have to say Hope like three times and then she magically appears. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> Okay. You hear hey, from the beginning.
1: usually about this time I'm making like my bowl of cereal and like, like eating and like getting ready for bed. And then about the time that you guys like start, like, you know, the first time that Brian makes us cry, I'm usually flossing my teeth. And about the 12th time that Brian's making us cry, I'm like curling up in my bed with the melatonin. So like I have my thing. Oh. Usually it usually takes me a few minutes to get my bowl of cereal going.
0: You know, whoever it was that said melatonin was the cure for COVID I don't like you. There has been a run on melatonin really? ever since some what? news thing. We watched it once. I don't know. Some newscaster is like, hey, melatonin is known to help stop COVID. And now I can't find it anywhere in the stores. Um, um, oh, yeah. You
1: know, where's China all PM? That's my, that's my I can't sleep go to. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Um,
1: okay, I
3: like that. Yeah, they definitely one of the better ones.
1: That's a uh, sleep training <laughs> with hope. Thank you. Thank you all. Goodbye. <laughs> Good night everybody.
3: <laughs> I love this. Everyone,
0: M, is that a new calendar back there or a picture?
1: Oh, yeah. So this
2: is the um Women of Star Wars calendar. So oh. last oh. Month, oh,
1: yeah.
2: Last month was Rose and this month is Dr. Afra. And then okay. next week you'll see who is, who we have for March. Yay. You can't
1: see it because it's all the way on the other side of the room in the dark. But I have two Star Wars pinup calendars, ones for men and ones for women. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, <laughs> and they're beautiful. They're by from the by the lovely Kimzia who oh, um, cool. did I, I believe the cover for the Clone Wars uh, multi-story novel. Oh, um, she's she's wow. great. Um, I, I she's she's just so wonderful and lovely. Oh, that's Though, great. Right, I had a question for you because I was looking at your intro and I keep forgetting to ask you this. It's a lot of Ralph Macquarie art, right?
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: So well, interesting.
0: That Rob- we're talking about Rebels?
1: Yes, because mm-hmm. Rebels was the first time that Ralph Macquarie art was in canon in Star Wars. Segue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Indeed. No, I love it. I wow. thought was a good segue. I remember I that know. from last week's uh, Trivia Night.
1: I yeah. Know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh God! I'm mm-hmm. making a run
0: to be a trivia master. You know, I I would like to say that I'm friends with Laura Kelly. Like we chit chat enough that I think we're friends. I hope so. You know, <laughs> she may have won, but you know I'm coming. I'm coming to the podium. <laughs> <laughs> Eli, take, I know you take, help her out.
3: No don't more.
1: Take that, don't take that out of context. <laughs>
3: It's going to happen by way of
0: osmosis. (laughs) It's going to happen by way of not reality.
1: I just imagine holding a a laptop to his face, just like, give me your knowledge.
0: I don't know how he ever made it through college because I
1: I don't remember. I am not smart like that. My last semester was anxiety and crying and McDonald's. (laughs) I don't
0: remember my last semester at all. Yeah, well, I mean, I graduated college, what, 16, almost 17 years ago, so I don't remember a lot anymore either. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I'm on.
0: (sighs) Oh, yes. Alejandro. M had this shirt on a few weeks ago. You'll find out why I'm wearing this shirt soon, because I (laughs) put it on on purpose. Hello, Chase. It's been a hot... have you not been here for a hot minute, Chase? We chit chat on Instagram every once in a while, but I feel like
3: uh not just as on
0: last week, but I might be wrong. You know, I have to tell you, my my Twitter timeline this last week has been introduced all over again with Din Cobb and Space Daddy like crazy. I don't know what's manifesting, <laughs> but it's all over, and I just bring it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> oh, so much fun! Hello, hello! All right, so chat. I hope you have some things that you love about Rebels. Question for each one of you first. Hope this is okay. going to be really hard for you, so I'm going to put it, you on the spot. Okay, cool. In one in one word, describe Rebels.
1: Best. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Super hard, Emma. <laughs>
1: Family.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's a good one.
1: That was actually my. I saw you post that question. I was like, oh, I want to say family too, but I want to say found family. And I was like, oh.
0: (laughs) No, that's all great. Found hyphen family. Then it's one word, (laughs) right?
1: There
2: you
0: go.
3: Mark. Fantastic.
0: Brian. (laughs) Textures. That's creative. I will go into. Okay, so. Do <laughs> you want me to elaborate? Because this is why I wore my pew 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 shirt. Everyone knows I'm a gigantic Clone Wars fan. Like, that is my favorite Star Wars. I think Star Wars Rebels, and I remember at the beginning, it got some, like, not, not the greatest opinions thrown its way. I think it is the most beautiful animated show. Like, I love it. I love the textures on the people's skin. Like, everyone's got this, like, matted, yet it's kind of the sheen to them. There's, like, dirt on all of their faces. There's just so many subtle textures all over the place. I love it. Lightsabers look amazing in this show. Mm. The way the... Yeah, there there was like a whole, I remember... They're based on on the
1: original trilogy, so they're much thinner than the Clone Wars lightsabers. Yep,
0: lightsabers are beautiful. The way the doors open and shut real fast, almost like they, oh, had to skip a frame to make a move that fast. Amazing. The way the ships blow up is like straight out of A New Hope. It is so Mm -hmm. beautiful, and Darth Vader has never, ever, ever looked cooler. Than the way he does in this show. So I wore my uh, pew 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 shirt because I oftentimes tease Star Wars nerds for getting way <laughs> too hooked on the technical things and it's more than just pew pew pews. And I watched the show and go, oh my god, it's the textures. I love the textures. <laughs> I It changed the way I, I do certain things in, in art world because of the show. I, like, I had to go figure out how they did some of the stuff. And I have to tell you, I love it. Love
1: it. I mean, well, just like uh Alejandra is saying in the chat, like so much of the show is based on Ralph McQuarrie drawings. Like mm-hmm. you have um like Chopper is based on early R2 D2, Zeb is based on early Chewbacca. Um yep. Darth Vader has his early um, Ralph McQuarrie inspired that's why he looks that that way, and just uh-huh. he's gorgeous. Yep. So it's just it's so great. I love Rebels. So um well it's what so good. Is it? When I say best, I, I think it's the tightest of the animated shows. I'm not sure. I don't think I have a favorite animated show because I think Clone Wars, Rebels, and Resistance does so drastically different things. And they're telling drastically different stories. Um, they're all just fruit to me. Like one's a banana, one's an apple, and one's <laughs> grape. But, but they're all still fruit. And I, I, I find them very difficult to compare because there's things I like and hate about about this one about, about each one of them. But to me, like Rebels is the tightest written. And yeah. Clone Wars had to walk so Rebels could sprint. And mm-hmm. yep. so I just I, I I think it's the best written of the three.
0: I think in watching season one, which has its moments of being slow, I know you disagree with us, Hope, but like <laughs> from the, the very <laughs> yeah, from the very first episode, they had that family down. Like all those character yep. interactions were like literally within 15 minutes of that show starting, you know, a lot of this stuff takes years to kind of figure that out, but they had it like right then and there. It is yep. really, mm-hmm. really, really, really impressive. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like was this Filoni's <coughs> first gig kind of on his own without joy? I,
1: I believe so. Um, and then he passed the torch down with, with resistance. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I believe it was his first one. um, yeah I don't
0: know yeah i, I just I, I believe, feel like I believe
1: he, it was yeah,
0: like he puts so much into it, and I know there are there are segments of the fandom that criticize Filoni for being pure nostalgia. And when I look at things like the doors, the lightsabers, all that stuff, yes, it's surface level, but I don't think it's just nostalgia it's embedded and makes it Star Wars instantly looking at it. It is just there. And there is something that it was so funny later tonight. Steel had posed steel from Steel Wars had posted a thing about Luke Skywalker and the Mandalorian. And I, I was watching obviously the Ahsoka episodes today because I'm me and there's that first reveal of Ahsoka. And I remember being super stoked, thinking that Ahsoka was going to be on Rebels before that season finale, right? Mm-hmm. And there was so much buildup. And then all she does is, you no, know, it's a change of plans, and she comes down this down the ladder. There is no real fanfare about it. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of, like, when we then see Ahsoka again in Mandalorian, when we see Ahsoka again in Season 7. Star Wars is so good at not having this big reveal because I think it makes these things so much more rewatchable. You watch a show and I'm looking at a certain fandom that's very popular that I can't get on that hype train, but I feel so much stuff is for the one time in a movie theater experience of Oh my God. And it never holds up. And star Wars I think is different because it doesn't, need that and it understands that if you do it right every single time you watch it it's less the pow it's less the pew 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 and it's more the emotional punch and that emotional punch will never go away
1: I think what Rebels also does so well is it builds new stories in the familiar Um, because Rebels was actually the first thing that came out of the Disney era we had A New Dawn being the first book and Rebels came out before mm-hmm. The Force Awakens. And so it really kind of set the tone um, for going forward. And I just, yep. I actually did not hop in the Rebel train. It was, um, I was one of those people who was just like, it's not Clone Wars, it's dumb. I was one of those people. <laughs> and then I saw like one night that Ahsoka <laughs> was trending on Twitter and I was like, what's happening? And I was like, she's in this Rebel show. Let's watch it. And then yep. before I ever got to Rebel, like Ahsoka, I just, I fell in love with the ghost crew. I love them so much. They're so unique and and. And there's just so much fun storytelling. And I, I think that's what it was. Like actually one of my favorite favorite episodes of like of Rebels is Fighter Flight, which is the episode where Zeb and Ezra steal a TIE Fighter. Yes. And yeah. and it's just yeah. fun. It's just a fun yep. episode. And it's them bonding. It's all character work. And I feel like a lot of times character work gets lost in Star Wars because we have to tell the story. And mm. Clone Wars was a show where the plot dictated the characters' development. Early seasons of Rebels, the, the characters got to dictate the plot. And, of course, then they go into the bigger rebellion, and that was their, that was taken away from them, which is why i, I not... <laughs> Hot take, I don't like season three and four of Rebels. <laughs> I think they're fine. I just think they're the weakest. Um, I think season one and two are the strongest of Rebels, but that's just me. It's cool. Um, but, you know, the characters got to tell their own story, and we have these amazing mm-hmm. women. Rebels has the best villains of all of Star Wars, and it has so many villains. And uh, I just, I could talk forever about Star Wars, uh, about Rebels villains, because I love them. They're my boyfriends <laughs> and my girlfriends. <laughs> and <laughs> half of my mommy and my daddy list is Rebels villains. <laughs> so.
0: what What is this show I lost for you, baby. Emma? Uh-oh. I'm just my baby. Oh, and dad, real quick. <laughs> There will be spoilers, Des, so hopefully you don't mind. Yeah. But also, stick with it, because this show is so incredibly it. good. Yeah. yeah. It, it is so incredibly good. This is my baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, so great.
1: My grande <laughs> boyfriend. There are
0: some things more to fear more than death.
1: Grande to me is the most important villain of Rebels because he's the catalyst for everything that happens. He's what forces Kanan to confront his past to actually step up into being his Jedi role. Yeah. He's what pushes him to actually take on Ezra to eventually go there. He's the one that knights Kanan. <laughs> like, he, yeah. his yeah. death is what brings Darth Vader, which brings the other Inquisitors, and then it's that step up and up front. Like, he is the catalyst for the entire series. He's the one that pushes Hera into the Rebellion to take it more seriously. Like, it's this dude right here, and I love him.
0: Yep, and I love that line that Kanan says of like something. Oh God, what is it? You know, I finally learned something that's more powerful uh, than the fear than fear. And he's like mm-hmm. the Force, and it's so good. Like oh yeah. God. But Emma, what about you? What about the show for you?
2: Um, I. Predictably, (laughs) I love the mystical stuff. I love going to the world between worlds and all of that, like the sort of the wonder and mystery of it. And Mm -hmm. I love how, like, I was rewatching that episode of when they decode the mural of the ones. Oh. Oh,
1: that's a good episode.
2: And... I was just thinking, like, I just love how I loved how the characters, like, it felt like they were buying in in a way that you don't like it's very fashionable right now in television shows when you have mystical elements to have characters be sort of like jaded or blase or skeptical. And I just love how the, how like Ezra and Sabine just like, they just, they, they bought into it. Like there was this true sense of wonder about it. And they were ready to engage with the magic and mystery of the world between worlds. And yeah, I just—that's one of my favorite aspects of Rebels, <laughs> and obviously like the yeah. wolves and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I just like eat that up. I just like, <laughs> and also, I mean the the visit to the Sith Temple with Maul. Like... Oh.
1: <laughs>
2: I just like, again, it's just food for me. I just like, I love, I love that arc so much. Those episodes, I just. They were just so great. I found them incredibly enjoyable, and I was just riveted to my teeth. Like, I was not playing Candy Crush
1: during those episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is the ultimate seal of approval. I, I love Maul in this series. I feel like I find Maul to be this person who could have been totally broken, After everything that he went through and how angry he was. And we find him again in this. We don't know how or how he lost Mandalore or any of those things. And there's something there is like this quietness. To him, as far as as quiet as Maul can possibly be. But like there's this quiet, like kind of acceptance of where he is, and he found peace with where his life led him. And I think that's really exemplified in the way that he goes in his lightsaber lightsaber duel with um with Obi-Wan. Yeah. But he just found peace for as much as he could, for as evil as he was, I feel like he somehow found Penance for all of his sins, I guess, and mm-hmm. and and had just accepted where he was. And I think it's I just think it's so good. It's such it, it really, really, really was a beautiful end to this very tragic, you know, Shakespearean villain that he turned into. Well, great. Mark,
2: Mark and I talked about the end of Mall uh, when we were talking about mm-hmm. um, locations on In a Galaxy, yep. you know, and I talked about how striking I felt it was to have him and his life in just this empty landscape with yep. like an empty sky and empty terrain, because there was all of his baggage was like emotional. You yep. know, it was like this sort of simultaneous presence and absence.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually. It was
2: like a visual absence, but an emotional presence, mm-hmm. which is like such powerful mm-hmm. storytelling.
0: Oh, God, there's Em with her words. <laughs> em with her words.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, I like, Anne, just talk to me all day about Star Wars. <laughs> just, just talk to me all day about Star
0: Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, how about you? <laughs> where are you at uh, with the show
3: where, where am I at with the show I love this show um <laughs> I, I, like I said, when I first saw season one, like, I didn't love it as much as I do now. Now that I've gone back and watched it, I was like, what was I thinking? And that wasn't that I hated it at all, because I actually went to a premiere of it up in SF, because they showed the the one-hour premiere <laughs> when it uh, came uh, out yep. in SF. Um, and so I checked that out, and there were people, there were stormtroopers there on the site. You could take pictures with, like, the Rebels art and everything. It was really cool. Um, but, yeah, the the build over the seasons and where it ended up going to was surprising because, you know, eventually we got Ahsoka in there and I was like, wow, okay, this is even better. Right. And you bring Maul you know, Vader, Vader comes in and the way it all ends. I mean, it just, it's everything that I love about Star Wars wrapped up into one animation show. And it's been great seeing it build over time. You know, we had our, the, the, Clone Wars, Tartakovsky uh, series start, you know, at the beginning. And I was like, oh, it's cool. You know, like, that was, like, the greatest thing then, you know, because we hadn't seen anything else in, like, such a long time. And then we get Clone Wars and, you know, then we get Rebels and it's just, the build over time has been fantastic. Um, yep. There you go, <laughs> And, um, yeah, I just, I look back at it now and it's like, I appreciated things that I didn't appreciate the first time around when I was watching it. Um, the first season again and I actually was like this is actually really really good it was a lot stronger than I remember it being um, mm-hmm. and Kane it looks a lot hotter to me now too I don't know why I, just <laughs> simply, I don't know how that happened Like, I was looking at him I was like why didn't I see that before? I was like, <laughs> he looks good. It must be just because I see it on Blu-ray, and it's not like a you know a, like when you're watching it as it airs, <laughs> right? But um, but yeah, I was like, Kanan hey, was like freaking hot. I was like, what the hell, dude? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I love my callus.
3: Mm.
1: Uh, I love callus. I well, that's it was good
3: even from the beginning. I was like, oh my god, okay. Amy.
1: Uh-oh. So my my thing with Calis is again because I I love villains and so I liked him as a villain and then they started giving him a redemption arc and I was like oh god yes this is my thing and especially with Zeb like actually like my I, I love Zeb there's a reason I named a whole cat after him <laughs> so I I just that's how you need to like there's There's about eighty percent of a redemption arc there I, I I still think they're missing kind of like those end to middle sections with chalice's redemption arc, and yeah. I hate that him and Zeb are just completely dropped from the later seasons, because they, they only, they never have a, a episode together again. They don't have a scene together. They save them in zero hour, and then Callis and Zepp are not, they have a moment on Yavin, and they're not together until the finale, which I just thought was a yeah. big drop of character for both mm-hmm. of them, because they're so tied together. But, again, I have issues with season four, mainly that it was just too short. It needed, like, three more episodes. <laughs> Give me more.
0: Yeah. So, so um, more. I don't know who here is like big clone stands. Anna's not here, okay? Because Chase here brought up Rex coming back. Grunkle
1: in. Rex. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Totally.
0: Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. That was a real, real nice treat. And, and it was Wolf amazing. and
1: Gregor. Don't forget them because yeah. Yeah. to yeah. see that Gregor had survived like that was a huge shock from the 100th yeah. episode of Clone Wars.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. But I loved seeing Kanan's reaction. It was so, Star Wars doesn't get time to get that honest very often. That's something that, for me, Dave Filoni brought to the table. Mm -hmm. Dave Filoni brought that real interpersonal connection that George just isn't interested in. I just don't think he's that interested in it because it's not present in anything that he really does. Even in Red Tails, when I like think he was trying to, but like I don't know if anyone saw Red Tails, but like I did, it didn't really like. Yeah, it fell flat. Those things that fell flat. I would like say it's was not
3: I. I know what you mean. It was. It was. I think the intentions were there to make that film <laughs> what it should have been, but it yep. just it wasn't quite all there. But you yep. know, it just. You know, I'm just glad that they made a movie about Tuskegee Airmen, you know, because it doesn't happen often enough. And I hope we get sure. an even more bigger epic film yeah. for that subject in the future. 100%.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, George is so uh, – how that man's mind can work on the big picture that he can. And, and there is a lot of fine detail, too, but it's more with – I feel like atmosphere and the emotional journey, that's what George can take you down. Like, and no one can take you down an emotional journey quite like he can, in my opinion, like he's so good at it, but Filoni is a way has has this ability of not only doing that, but then can bring those connections from person to person. Like I, I still think his use of Ahsoka and Grogu in that scene with no dialogue is so incredibly beautiful. Like, uh, that is a side of Ahsoka that we had never seen, but I totally believe that that's where she would go. And I know, yeah. again, we here at Pink Milk have decided to, we don't talk about the actor. I, we are talking about the character of Ahsoka. And I know that her, her interpretation in that episode was, is very hotly contested. <laughs> But I really loved it, and I've loved it. I've watched that episode, I don't know, probably ten times now. uh, And I love it. But (laughs) that trauma between Kane and and Rex was really, really good. And Rex was so, and now knowing season seven, and that relationship between
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Ahsoka and Rex, and to see Rex understood, like, he was, Rex is such a solid dude. Like, (laughs) everyone else was like, what are you doing? And he just kind of got it the whole time.
1: He was my first Star Wars husband, and he's old, reliable.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't blame Kenan for feeling that way, obviously, because we know what he's been through. I mean, and then it's funny because I didn't think it came up so quick, but then that episode with Luminara and what happens with her is in season one. And that, honestly, is one of the most haunting moments I've ever seen in any of Star Wars, like, it effed me up when I watched it the other day because, like, it creeped me out the first time I saw it. But then when I saw it this time again, I was like, it's so heartbreaking. You know, I mean, yeah. these these grand epic characters and, and where they were and what happened to her and what happened to her apprentice. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just, it's like, wow. They could have been killed in Order 66, but, you know, look at what happened to them and how they were used and how yep. they're still being used to kind of keep the Empire so that the Empire can keep other people in line and they can trap the Jedi still they're, you know, they're still at it in one way or another and they've got these clever henchmen who know exactly what to do to like, you know bait the Force users in and look in that episode, I mean they thought they were going to be able to find her they going be able to rescue her and yeah, that scene, I saw the artwork in the, the Art of book and it just, I, I look at it and it just, it's it's really sad That's a hell of a way for somebody to end up.
1: Can I I jump in on that? Mm -hmm. Um, Because, actually, the Empire is one of my favorite parts of Rebels. I I love, um, outside of Lost Stars, like... You know, this is the most intricate look that we get of the Empire. And we get three different forms of it. We get the political side, the military side, and the Force user side. And -hmm. when it comes to the Force user side, of course, we have all the Inquisitors. We have, uh, like, my Grande, and we have uh, Vader and Palpatine. And the minister guy that was interpreting the paintings that – Emma was talking about, but I can't remember his name at the moment. Um, and then we have the political side with my, my baby girl, Minister Tua, and Governor Price and Ryder Azadi, who was an imperial governor, um, who swapped sides. And so we get that that, that side of things. And then we get the military side, which I find really interesting because we see almost every single level of the Imperial military, starting from the cadets and then you have, like, the normal, like, retail workers with, like, a Rusco and Grintz, and then you, like, move up to the managers, and that's, like, your Lieutenant List and your Brom Titus and the stupid Saxon brothers, who are both monsters, who deserve to die. Um, <laughs> and then you get up into, like, your middle management people, like your Constantine's, um, and then your district managers, which is your Farkins, and then your like your regional managers, which is your throns, and it's so cool because you really get to see every layer of it, and you even get the ISB, which is like your more super like like uh, CIA kind of people with Callison and yep. Lauren. But I just I find that so fascinating because you can see why like a and rent are work because they're just low level grunts. They're just bullies and that's their role. And then you have like have them opposed to someone like Tarkin. And one of my absolute favorite scenes happens in season one. Um, And I just wish we got like so much more of it because I find this it's a 10 second scene. It's so fascinating, but it's the first time that. Tarkin shows up and you have Tua, Callus, and Grande there. And, uh, and and Tarkin's pretty much just like, Why are you guys like messing up against these teenagers? Like these teenagers are beating you. What are you doing? And Tua says, Well, they have a Jedi. And in this like little 10 second scene, Tarkin actively gaslights her. A man who fought with Jedi, and there's an ex-Jedi five feet behind her, and he goes, "There are no Jedi. There's never any Jedi. You're wrong." And he like and he tells that to her face with an ex-Jedi behind her, and you see the Grand Inquisitor look at Tarkin like, "Okay, that's our rules now. Cool." Um, and it's just, it's just it's brilliant. I love being able to see like every single. Struck, like level of the empire, uh, working on all gear, seeing how like the military works with the force users. Think because just does not like Grande. He does not like any of the force users. They don't like working together, and they butt heads and they have that like cattiness to them. And I love bitchy Imperials. Bitchy Imperials are my jam. Give me Tarkin <laughs> and Krennic fighting any day. Let them like throw capes at each other. That's my fave. <laughs> so I just, I, I that's that's it's so good to actually see how the empire works and how they hold power and propaganda. You have, yeah. anytime you go anywhere on Lothal, there's propaganda and radio playing. Like, Steve Bloom has an entire character where he's a radio host, an Imperial yeah. radio host. Um, that And you can hear him, like, talking on radios. And I think it's cool how we see, like, really these posters and this, like, propaganda machine, because that's what Tua is. And when the propaganda broke and she saw through it, she saw the flaws. And... I, I love Minister Tua. I think she deserved way better. I just, yeah. that's that's my baby girl. I just she deserved better, and she's so precious in the manga. She has like, like yeah, face. I love her. <laughs> Sorry, I could talk forever about this.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what makes Empire Day um, so fascinating. Just to be able to look into that window of propaganda, right? You know, yeah. and it, it's like that was is one of my favorite episodes. So mm-hmm. that. Um, I love revisiting that.
1: My favorite thing is Ezra's like what two days older than Luke and Leia. <laughs> Then that's all mm-hmm. your mind. <laughs> Actually, a lot of people were shipping um, Leia and Ezra after that one episode. There was a lot of like, those little fan arts <laughs> floating around. And I was like, oh, they're cute. <laughs> She'd break him in half, but it's <laughs> cute. Oh, my
2: gosh, yeah. I love seeing how much authority she conveyed when she appeared in Rebels.
3: Like,
1: mm-hmm. it was right.
2: really I, I
3: forget that that happens later. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think
1: Rebels handles its legacy characters really well. Because, like... I was actually really worried about Ahsoka and like because Rex just kind of becomes like Spectre Six. He just gets right in there because that's yeah. who he is yep. as a character. Mm-hmm. But it'd be so easy to derail the show with characters like Lando and and um, Tarkin and Yularen and and all of them. And they do a really good job of balancing it to where it doesn't feel like you know like a walk on, like yay they're the guest of the week, but they're actually worked into the story really well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was, like, that's what I was talking about earlier. Like, it's so, it's done so brilliantly. Like, that, it's just, like, the way that that this this show really is such a perfect, and it's becoming more so, actually, like, a perfect, I guess, not a template, that's not the word I want to use, but, like, Mandalorian is following a lot of these, similar ideas that were started in Rebels. You know, this idea of Mandalorian is turning into straight up a found family show. Like it, it, Mm. uh, whoever would have thought that even at the end of season one, like it wasn't really like necessarily heading down that road, but you know, this show, I do think it brings in so many people, so many lost souls out there because of the way this family is formed and it's just it is so incredibly touching you have this mom and dad are they together are they not together it's this whole tease the whole (laughs) way through because like because like to them they sacrifice themselves for these kids including zeb who's just a big you know he's a big old uncle of a kid but he's like a kid just like them chopper is another little like a so grumpy kid just like everybody else, and they sacrificed themselves to raise their family. Mm-hmm. And when I mean obviously found family is like really hits very emotional chords for me. But when you get to the points towards the end with Sabine and her and her bio family and like the struggle of what is family. And there are these people who are Mandalorians, just like Din, like it's so good what they do. And they're like, no, you are blood. You are blood. You're This is what you're supposed to do. And, and these same people who did nothing but rake her over the coals forever for choices that they helped push her down. And then when they saw that she could be happy somewhere else, they like held on. And her idea of family as a Mandalorian, especially knowing what we knew from Clone Wars to what was discussed in Rebels to now being able to go back to or going forward into the Mandalorian and and that crazy cult that Din's a part of, like these <laughs> whack job Mandalorians. But like, <laughs> like it's so touching that these people, that Kanan and Hera who sacrificed themselves gave that to her of this like, no, and they didn't have to do anything but show me. They didn't ever tell me anything. They showed me every single every single example again and again and again. You think about that father-daughter lightsaber teaching of, like, he's like, no, you have this in you. Like, it's so, like, the family in this show, it's so overwhelming to me. And it's, like, it, for me, is life goals of what I want my kids to end up being, like, someday like that. For them, and, you know, I had kids who were eight before his four-year-old brother came in, and then his four-year-old brother was a five-year-old when an eight-year-old came in. It wasn't this, like, linear path that they all went down. They all had their own stories. They all had their own traumas. They all had their own ways of, of being, and they were all thrown into this pot together, and no one had a choice to do it just like this. And, and you know, you have the ghost crew. They're in their house. It's not a ship. That is their home. Like, that. it's not just a ship. They have their bunks. We see the bunks. When do you ever really see bunks? We see it in Clone Wars when it's about clones and dealing with what a family is. Because what where are those kinds of things discussed? They're not discussed on board of a spaceship. They're discussed in a home. And it's like this show brought all of that and this crazy Imperial stuff you were just talking about. Like, it's so good. And I'm sorry, I just, like, dominated 15 (laughs) minutes of the thing. But, like, it really, this show really does just, like, it hits me there. And in 2014, I wasn't able to get married. The idea of having kids was not reality. And so I saw it as this aspirational thing of maybe a family that I always wished I had. And now to watch it, eight years later, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm creating this family. And here is Star Wars again, giving me the building blocks to build this beautiful life that I have, and it's just like this most amazing thing. And I like love Rebels for that. It's just touching.
1: Oh my God, fun. Brian! I just realized you're Kanan. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. you Not
0: live a- yet. Not <laughs> live yet. I,
1: no, no. But have you have you read a new Dawn? Yes. I mean, he had, you know, that like kind of, you know, the, yeah. I know, we've talked, I know your past, or, or at least parts of it, but like, you know, like, you've gone on that journey. Like, and you had to like kind of like learn how to accept your, like, your, this new like role in this life that was, I don't want to say, like, put on Q because you chose it, but it's also like, like, Kanan, cho- oh, my God, you're Kanan. Don't get stabbed <laughs> by Maul, please. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to ditch the mustache. I'm going to grow a baby coat. <laughs>
2: you're going to be voiced by Pretty, by Freddie Prince Jr.
0: Yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs>
0: uh, uh. Now, that would make my husband very happy. My husband has a gigantic <laughs> <ride>. <laughs>
3: Well he, I hope he gets to watch him on Punky Brewster because he's going to be on that show now when that is returning on Peacock. Oh, I saw that.
0: <laughs> oh, Tom's going to be saying, show me that Peacock, 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 whatever that Katy Perry song is, I don't know. <laughs> but Mark, you've shared your journey of coming out and finding a family and all of those kinds yes. of things. Yes. And, like, that, this show has to strike some of those chords oh, for you. Oh,
3: God, yes. No, I mean, I that's what I'm saying It's like going back to season one and like the, what it lays down the foundation of how everyone interacts with each other. I mean, when Ezra finds them, you could tell they already have this unit going on of these, these folks who came from all these different places. And if you think about it, That's how I think of Star Wars. All these different people from all these different planets, all these different walks of life, these different races, they have to come together for their common cause. And they find that family to be with to be able to fight together, you know, to be able to make a better future. Um, One of my favorite episodes is the Out of Darkness, um, because I love, I mean, I love Hera. Sabine is like one of my favorites, but I absolutely love Hera. I mean, and to see her, you know, not only does she play badass space pilot. She knows how to like fly a ship. She's got to keep this family together. She's got to keep them all in line. You know, she's got the hardest job I think out of everybody on the damn show, you know, but it just, I love that we had time to breathe and see the relationship between her and Sabine and how there needed to be this trust there because you know, at this point, Hera knows about Fulcrum. She's getting her information. And Sabine is like, why don't you let me in on this? Why aren't you telling me about this? And there's this whole back and forth about this. And since so you could tell Sabine is upset, I would be upset, you know, but there's a good reason for it. And at this time, why only so much is being given to Sabine. But by the end of the episode, that bond is even stronger, and you see why, and it'll all be worth it in the end. But I think that's such an important episode because I think that showcases why Harris is such a strong leader and why the family is so close the way it is.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I talked a lot about um, Hera's journey during um, when we covered it on our, on our show. Um, and it's interesting because she started strong. So the only way. The only direction she really had was down, which is pretty <laughs> much what she has in season four, which is them pretty much emotionally taking her apart. Yeah. And what's no. so, I have issues with Jedi Knight. I know that's probably a hot take, but I think it's a, half that episode is trash. <laughs> 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 but um but they they had to emotionally undo her. So for one, Ezra and Sabine could step up into the roles of Hera and Cain, and during that time while she was mourning and, um... and and grieving Kanan, but then also she could re-put herself back together and go up because everybody has, Sabine went through a very similar storyline too. Like she starts really strong and then she goes down and then she goes back up again. And it's just, I I find it very interesting how they do these different character arts and they're constantly doing this with each other because Ezra starts, has to like go up in his ability as dark side back up again. And I I love it because they're, doing this. And I love when stories do this. I love messy Star yep. Wars. Messy Star Wars is my favorite. Like, give me give me a mess. Don't give me your black and white Luke Vader bullshit. But give me, like, really messy emotional dramas that, like, makes me, like, question everything. And I just, I love messy oh. Star Wars. Someone in oh. the chat asked me why I think Jedi Knight is trash. I dare you. Yeah,
0: there's, <laughs> nothing, there's nothing black and white between Luke and Vader. Oh, my God. Oh. It was the first thing I
3: thought of. No, there's actually not. There's a bigger one. No, it's the easiest easiest
0: reference. I get it. (laughs) It was the first thing I thought of. There's daddy issues. There's
1: lack of daddy issues.
3: (laughs) (laughs) His chop uh, son's arm. Well, um, handoff issues. So, you know, there's all that. (laughs) As a mom. As a mom,
0: Emma. Hera.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs)
2: <laughs> what What's my opinion on Hera? Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, she's like the archetypal mom. Like, she it is... I love how resilient she is. Like, how resilient mm-hmm. and confident in her abilities. Because you don't often see those qualities in people who are so intensely nurturing and maternal as she is. So I really like that synergy. And yep. like I, I was always so, like whenever she shows off as a pilot, I just like it's great. Like I'm so there for that. Yep. Like she, when she's just like, you know, accomplishing the
3: impossible.
1: You know, like
3: <laughs> it's, that B wing episode. The, I was gonna <laughs> say the first person
1: ever to fly, fly a B wing is the Twilight <laughs> Woman.
3: Yeah. Hell yeah! Oh.
0: Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Love
2: it. It's so great. And it's such a great example of, like, rising to the occasion. And just, like, I just, I feel like, I feel like she always had exactly the skills that she needed. Mm -hmm. You know, like, she's never caught out. She's never caught short.
0: I feel like she always has those skills in the moment, too. She didn't know she had those skills until they're there. Just like, oh, nope. No, I do have this. All right.
2: Okay. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. She just like reaches out and grabs it. I just, I love seeing that like really proactive energy because, Mm -hmm. like I said, you don't often see that in like maternal figures in pop culture. Like Mm -hmm. they're often portrayed as passive and not like, and skilled, but not like, in really technical ways, whereas Hera encompassed everything. And I just love that about her.
0: You we've had conversations here about Leia and how she has that, that tenacity to go, to go after things. Right. But at the sacrifice of a personal connection, and that's also kind of her biggest flaw. Right. At least for, for the first half of that trilogy. Yep. Hera has both. Because she's Mm -hmm. got that same firecracker, go-getter, nothing's going to stop me.
2: Yep.
0: And she might be running down that hall with a blaster, but she's going to have a baby in her arm and Mm -hmm. not just shooting. She's also going to be, like, caressing his head or her head while, they're running down this fire. Like, it's this—she's—yeah, she's—she could have so easily been the least interesting character because she— could have just been stuck on the ghost to fly in when the people with magic powers and jetpacks and bombs get in a jam, and she yep. could have been the taxi driver, but she yep. wasn't. She yeah. was the mom. Yeah, she, you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. it, but the emo- she was she was the emotional support of that one. I so was Kanan. I,
2: I feel but, like her uh, trade off uh, in a way was that her life was very encapsulated like her existence mm-hmm. was very contained like it it was almost like she was kind of inextricably tied up with the ghost yeah you know it's like the ghost it, it's kind of it's kind of like she was like a snail like carrying her home around with her yeah i i kind of get that Feeling with her. Whereas with Leia, you have this feeling that her perspective was much more like zoomed out on the big picture, whereas Hera was always like really in the moment. And I mean, that was, but that was a smart choice for her. Like, I don't mean to say that in the sense of like she was small minded or you know, like, or, or her perspective was unnecessarily narrow. I just, I feel like she was just very strategic about saving her energy to like it like all of her energy to a small part of the story rather mm-hmm. than trying to be like yeah. spread out in a lot of different directions.
0: But Because if you think about Ezra, like she was the big world to Ezra.
1: Yeah. The ghost
0: was the big world. Like, that
1: first she. moment where he goes flying, Ezra's like, oh my god, I'm in space, in, which was so cool because yep. we always think of Star Wars like, people are in space all the time, mm. in and out. So, so to see someone's like first reaction of just like, I'm in space! Oh my yeah. god! <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah, it's...
1: And oh, Herod so has, the, has the best one-liners of like, if you only fight yeah. for yourself then... Um, you're, it's not a life worth living. I think she says to Ezra, like episode yep. one or something uh-huh. like that. Um, uh, uh, yeah. I will say, I
0: think.
1: Well, it, go. Oh, oh! I was just going to say, I think Harris to me is the character that's done the most dirty, but that's just my, that's just hope opinions. <laughs> I think, I think that they, she, they really do her dirty so bad. Uh, In what uh, way? Yeah. <laughs> Who wants me to ruin Jedi Knight for them? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, just, I
0: was getting teary eyed at the mere thought of the name, Like, which is, I realize this is why I don't watch the show that often, because like, I. Mm. A no, mess.
1: It's, it's just for me, I, I feel like. Um, Season three and season four really depends on like who your favorite characters are. If your favorite characters are like Ezra or Sabine, you love those seasons because they get a lot of yeah. work with. Like uh, Kanan has like these big moments, but if you're if if you're like me, where my favorite characters are Zeb and Hera, you know they're pretty much dropped a lot, especially Zeb. Like Zeb is just dropped. Yeah. Um, but what bothers me the most about um, what they do to Hera is you have season four, right? And is starting to really hint that, like, he wants to think about, like, after the war. And early on, like, when they're on Mandalore, he's like, you know, did you miss me? Like, are, are we having this? And she's like, I'm not having this conversation with you right now. And then a few episodes later, they're in the alley. and They almost have their almost kiss. And They talk about themselves. And when they have their actual first kiss, it's the first time Kanan asked her about after the war. So they had all this set up about, like, their relationship and putting Hera as a character in that place to be in their relationship. And then we get the Jedi Knight and they roofie her. And it's horrible. Like they drug this woman and they take away her and all her autonomy. They take away her agency. They take away her final moments with the person she loves. And there was no need for it because they had already done all the written mm-hmm. setup for her character. So they pretty much just drugged her for the lulls. And just to make these, like, funny bits. And so Herod is not in her right mind on these final moments with the person she loves. And who knows if she ever truly remembers telling Kanan... And she says, like, I'm fully in my right mind now, but is she? And we never know. It's, like She's never going to fully remember those moments with Kanan before he died. And he has this, like... It's it, so that episode's so myth for me because it's such a great can. It's like Kanan's final moment. It's a sacrifice. It's beautiful, but the entire episode's just disgusting watching them how they treat Hera in that episode. It's just Mm -hmm. gross. They needed more women in that room because there's nothing funny about that as you know, knowing friends who have been roofied and been in that situation. The entire episode is gross, especially because they already did all the writing work in season four to set up Hera to say, Kanan, I love you. They had done all the work. There was no reason to. Take out the drugging and the episode plays the exact same way and more strong because then Hera's actually participating in her relationship mm. with Kanan in their final moments together. It's gross. I'm glad I... Thank you for letting me ruin Jedi Knight for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Kanan died!
3: <laughs>
1: uh. Uh, uh, she's just done so dirty. And then she's, like, sad and then... Uh, it sucks. I, I just they, can't, Hera is done dirty in the show, and I'm not okay with it. Season one's the best. <laughs> so is season two.
0: <laughs> do you have a, Mark?
1: the chat went like silent? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no,
0: that's great. Mark, do you have a favorite moment from Rebels?
3: There's quite a few to pick from. I mean, I would have to say the Vader-Ahsoka duel is probably one of the most striking of, uh, you know, those moments, just because seeing those two duel, it wasn't just a like, oh, you're getting to see a fantastic lightsaber battle. It was her coming to like the realization that Mm. Anakin, you know, And he's there. It's like, and for a moment, they see each other again. And like Matt
1: Lanter's voice. Yes.
3: Yes. (laughs) And it's just that moment. That moment is just, uh, it just took me aback. I mean, I'll never forget that. It was beautiful. And it was so sad the way it ended, too. Um, Aside from that, then the Obi-Wan and Maul duel as well, too. Because that, and the way that episode ends, and then with Luke running across the homestead, Eyes just my eyes, I got teary eyed. I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, I wasn't expecting that, um, but it was a nice preview of what's ahead. Um, you know, of course we know what happens, but still, it's just it, it's yeah. it's a beautiful way of how it tied everything together. But yeah, there's there's some beautiful moments in the show. I mean, even down to the last scene. You know, (laughs) it's like that mural. It makes me cry when I see it. You know, it just you think about the journey, what these characters went through. They're not together anymore at the end here. That family is now broken and two of them have to go looking for, you know, the youngest member because he's lost somewhere with this, you know, handsome blue devil. (laughs) But, you know, it just, it's really sad because it's like the journey is that they did, they're stronger, they're better people by the end of it, but there's also been a lot of loss. That family is now broken and they're going to have to try to salvage whatever they can of of what's left and go out there and try to grab it. It's never going to be the same again, but they need to do right by, you know, Ezra because of the sacrifice that he made just so that they could all escape with their lives and get to that point. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't give Ezra enough credit for that. And, and, and I'm saying it now, you know, yeah. that character went, he came, he went a yeah. long way, you know, and, and luckily because he had the nurturing environment, he had Hera, Yitzhakim, he had Kanan, all these great characters, and even Zeb, you know, that was his big brother. They like to beat up on each other, but these were all important people that made him the character that he was by the end of that series.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yet this whole family lost the youngest child. The youngest child died. Yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't, I just can't imagine. Like, yeah.
2: You know, mm-hmm. you know what's funny about this is that I think a lot about the journey that Ezra took as a force user and as a mm-hmm. Jedi and having Kanan as his mentor. And I think about the fact that. You know, he committed the ultimate act of a Jedi by sacrificing himself for the sake of others and by stepping not only a, like not not a mundane sacrifice, like not falling on someone else's weapon or, you know, mm-hmm. like, a, you know, like detonating a bomb, you know, like Val, but by stepping into the unknown You know, by journeying into mystery... Like and and through and, the natural world too by using the hyperdrive of the pergils right.
0: Oh, uh, so I was going to say, and use and doing it in a way that only he could do it. A like no mm. other Jedi that we know of, anyways, right? Could yep. do that. He had to be the one. The Force brought him into the existence at that point in time, at that moment, to do that one thing that the universe, that the galaxy needed him to do. Like yes. it does not yeah. get more Force than that. Like yes. that is amazing. Yeah.
2: And not only that, but. Continuing the Jedi's tradition of family
3: separation.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true.
1: I don't think Ezra gets enough love and credit, to be honest. And I, I was—I was one of those people. It took a long time for Ezra to really grow on me. Um, and I think so much of it is he is a textbook book teenager they they know how to write teenagers really really well and i think that's what annoyed a lot of us as adults because i always try to look at these shows like from the point of view of like how would i see this as a as a child and ezra would be just so cool sabine and ezra would be just like the coolest um and and i i didn't per se like grow up with ahsoka but i went through some like of my biggest changes in my life with her. And I couldn't even imagine going through, being a kid going through these changes and growing up with Ezra. And he's just so amazing. He's he's such a good character. And I just, as early on, seeing him struggle with his abilities and having Kanan as a mentor, a Jedi that hugs. Go figure. Kanan hugs his Padawan three freaking times in the show and that's huge like and he lets Ezra mourn his parents mm-hmm. he cries and he holds him as Ezra cries over his parents and he doesn't that that's what i like about kanan is he had the very basic teachings of the jedi but then he just had to figure out everything else with the force and that's that's what i like about him he didn't get weighed down by like that dogmatic bs of the order like he actually just got the very basics and then just had to figure out and trust the force and that's what makes Kanan's my favorite Jedi I know I'm like crapping on his death but I I love that moment because he as Em said he stepped into he he sacrificed himself as a Jedi but he also did it to save his family he did it as a father
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah
0: I love it. Kanan, Kanan is
1: like what
2: Qui-Gon could have been. Yes, mm-hmm.
3: oh. definitely. Oh, they would yeah. totally be buds. Uh, yeah, in, for
2: sure. Absolutely. I, yeah. You can
3: see something that Jeff Bulltech brought up about the the I am no Jedi line, that it is an echo yeah. of the line from Lord of the Rings, because that's what it made me think of. And there's another oh. moment like that that always makes me think of another movie. When Kanan dies and he holds back the fire, it reminds me of... Phoenix in X Men 2, and there's a scene just like that. And it's like, funny, I always thought about that. I was like, I wonder if they, you know, there was like a little tribute to that particular scene because it it really echoes that scene quite a bit. Yeah. With a loss in the end, you know. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just real quick, just because Charles is here, you should all go listen to Conversations because it's a very fun, lighthearted, great little podcast. And they're doing Clone Wars stuff in their last episode this week, nice. so it was a lot of fun. And they're oh, talking cool. about the Banking Clan, and I love the Banking Clan. But, <laughs> yeah, no, like, I I love the I Am No Jedi moment, and not only is it because it's, yeah, it's this, like, punk rock, like, forks up, fuck yeah, like, type of line, but it is, like, such a character-defining moment for a soak that it is beyond that like it, it was just like such a i remember first jumping out of the couch like, i wish i was on twitter when this show was on because i was i was managing a bar at this time i didn't ever get <laughs> home until like Three thirty in the morning. It was and a I would night. Home, I remember yeah, that I night. It these, was right? a night.
1: It was a night. I remember it very vividly. Twitter it, I lost was their freaking jumping.
0: Mind. Oh my god! I can imagine. Can, oh, I can only imagine because I don't even know. Like I don't know the timelines. I don't know if Ahsoka was still not particularly liked at this point in time. But as a person who loved Ahsoka from the second that girl like walked down that ramp. And the Sky Guys and the R2Es, like I was here for every minute of, it. I love that character with every single fiber of my being. I love that character. And after she was kicked out and that was the last we saw of her until this, to give her that moment of I am no Jedi. And she, like, the thing I love when she walked away was she, when in Clone Wars, she walks away without the anger. Like, it's, a, it's such a life learning thing that I constantly remind myself of. And she was so far removed from the anger by that point that she was able to have a little bit of it in her to be like, don't. And now to, like, go back to Mandalorian, where she circled back to another version of a different kind of understanding of what that means is an yeah. incredible journey for, like, it's, like, I oh my god, I love Ahsoka. Yeah. But, but you like, know what? moment, yeah.
2: Think, thinking about it, especially the confrontation in Rebels between Vader and Ahsoka, like, mm-hmm. you have to wonder how much of that line has other layers of emotion in it. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. She's not just saying, I'm no Jedi, like, I am defiant. It's also, don't you remember? Like, I walked away from you. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and part of her has to be wondering if that was part of the reason why he's before her now, you know, with a yellow eye.
0: Yep. I think I think so, there was some stuff there. So I think I think there. some of
2: it is it's not just like try it's not a just a triumphant line. I think it also has some bitterness in it.
0: I think I think there's that. a moment. No, I think there's a total moment of like. I am no Jedi. And had you walked away, you wouldn't be where you are right now. Like, mm. 100%. Like, like had it's you a done, Yes. Had you done that. Oh, bitch. Yeah. Had you done that, you wouldn't be here. Like, no, 100%. And it he, again, was like... Again,
2: it's like Star Wars she, has so many layers. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like yeah. this, this whole emotional journey know. between the two of them of, like, recrimination, regret, wondering if things could have been different. You know, trying to come to terms with what is in front of them, like, you know, of what what is in front of her right now. And, you know, and, and also him. I mean, like, I mean, how how committed is he to striking her down in that moment?
1: They actually um, addressed that in, I believe, the Rebels recon, and Dave talked about that. And can I just say, I love that Rebels had Rebels recon, just to have that after show with, like, Andy Gutierrez every week. Like, that was just, that was a gem. But Dave addressed that. Like, there's a reason Vader hesitates when she says, I won't leave you not this time. And he has that long to hesitate, and his eyes kind of soften a little bit. And they, they made him hesitate and then switch on his lightsaber because the only person who can save him is Luke. Um, that is the only person in that moment that, and, but they wanted to have that moment where he was contemplating. So that was purposeful. Wow. I miss Rebels recon.
0: <laughs> oh, Charles, can I go on a quick side tangent? I don't know if I've done this on the mic or off the mic with all of you, but Charles is saying, uh, in, in just putting it in the chat. When Kanan held back the fire, I was at the gym on a treadmill and I was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to run back to the car, right? I don't know if there's any other X-Men fans that listen to this, but they're in like the mid-2015, somewhere, actually somewhere probably right around this time. Jason Aaron had a run called uh, Wolverine and the X-Men amazing first 30 issues of the comic. You should go read all of them. There's this amazing character named Brew who was like this mutated brood who like had emotion. That was his mutant power that he like kind of had free thought. He wasn't part of the hive mind and he was the most beautiful like precious little thing and like He was so timid because he knew if he got angry, he was a brood. Which is basically if you aren't an X Men fan, they're xenomorphs. They're basically xenomorphs, right? With that can kind of think. And so his mutant powers that he could think. And there was a point where he got shot. And I was on, and I like fell in love with this character. And I used to pick up my comics, and I'd go to the gym, and I'd sit on the on the on the bike, and I'd read my comics. That's what I would do. I had not one, not two, but three people walk up to me on the bike to see if I was okay because it was
3: <laughs> a <laughs>
0: puddle. A puddle. Did you try to explain it to them? Like they were looking I at you like. You this comic. And then, yeah, it's like, oh. Yeah. And then yeah. quickly, like. <laughs> boop, 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 boop.
1: <laughs> see, that's why I just don't get to uh, the gym. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oops.
0: No, but there is, there's so much yeah. in that between Ahsoka and. And Vader, Because, I mean, think about her in that moment. Oh, my God. Like, not only did he fail her then that made her no Jedi now, she failed. He's failing her again because here she is in front of her master and her brother and her father. And look what he turned into. Like, I mean, like, let alone, like, he's trying to go at her. I don't even think Ahsoka cares about that in that moment. She's like, look what you have done. Like, look yeah. at what you have done. Yeah. I, I. There is a part of me that thinks she walked back into that thing, back into that temple as it's crumbling out, because she could have gotten out. If she wanted, she could have gotten out. She needs to let Anakin know that he failed her again. And I think that decision was also part of the thing that led him down his own redemption arc because he's like, I lost her again. I could have saved her and lost her again. Yeah. And now she's the one who started to pit Anakin against against Vader, even more so. And I think that helped lead down where we ultimately went to. And I think that was a very intentional, I'm going to sacrifice myself to save Anakin.
3: Yeah. Because
0: if Anakin is freed, the universe and the galaxy itself might be free.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I love the way they incorporated her into the series because, you know, again, it's like if you end up adding somebody in like this, they end up taking away too much attention from the people that you started with. Um, But I loved that her journey was just as important. And in the end, she was part, again, of that group that needs to go out searching for one of the family members, you know? It's beautiful. I love. I love how it ends. That journey ends um, yeah. in this part of it. So you know, not yeah. not bad for a citizen. Hey, Mace Windu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still a little bitter about that. There's there's a reason we call
1: Windu Wet Blanket Windu on our show. That's his nickname. Yeah. He's, no. he's, the, he's Wet Blanket Windu. He just he's just like, oh, hi, everyone's having a fun oh. <laughs> Wet blanket
3: everywhere. Oh. So, it's Emma, no do
0: you have zone. a favorite moment? Do you have a favorite moment of the show?
2: I have so many. Like, I could never just choose one. Like, so many images just burned into my mind. Like, Mm -hmm. Ezra holding that Sith holocron. Again, like, the Sith holocron obsession with me is just, like, out of control. Like, with... With Bendu, like, when Kanan brings it to Bendu, and Bendu has has all of the spiders, like, come, and, like, there's this sort of communal moment, like, this moment of communion between Kanan and the spiders that Bendu, like, facilitates. Like, I just... uh...
1: I just have like like, this this little this little holocron thing. Like this is what you're all like got your panties in a twist for. This like (laughs) tiny ass little. What the hell, guys? (laughs) I know, and it's such a
2: release too because they've also been building it up over previous episodes. (laughs) It's like you feel like this sort of ominous dread because it's like, oh no, like Ezra, like this Force user who's supposed to be a Jedi has this Sith holocron. Like, is it going to influence him? Is it going to like infect his mind? What's going on? You know and then he's just like this doesn't matter
1: I was, hoping, I like, he matter. <laughs> I was <laughs> hoping he would just eat it and be like oh okay How oh my
2: <laughs> god <That was> <laughs> <so great. sighs> yeah and like, and like the iconography of the world between worlds especially Mori perching mm-hmm. on the portal mm-hmm. like that image I will just like it yeah. just lives rent <laughs> free in my mind actually why I chose to wear owl earrings tonight for a little more. A little more. eye reference. <laughs> that's so great. So yeah. So I mean, those are just a couple of of. The, I love it. the things that I've I found. just it. really amazing and 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 as are decoding the mural of the ones to oh, open the yes. and like
3: yes oh. Those those yeah. those episodes and those moments, I those are the ones yeah. that are still very vivid in my memory because obviously they're you know more recent in my mind, right? But oh, that's I remember when that was all coming together it was amazing.
2: I loved how I found that watching Rebels, I I engaged with it a little bit more than other Star Wars properties, like. When they were on that creepy abandoned installation, what, what was it? Was it, like, a medical facility?
1: And it was, always, like... Always, uh, always who they are with the Inquisitors? Yes. Yeah, that's always who they are.
2: I was so creeped out. Like, I was genuinely scared. Like
1: So it they was, didn't actually mean to make that a Halloween episode. It just happened to come out, like, the week before Halloween. <laughs> and they were just, like... <gasps> Cool. It was creepy ass.
2: Okay. Like it was Hey
0: Emma. Do you remember last week when we kept getting those questions over and over and over about what episode title was this? And you responded, Who remembers those episode titles? Just it's look fine. to your right. I know. There's hope. <laughs> no <Noah> one <laughs>
2: That's okay.
1: Well, the difference is is that we we would do every episode of Clone Wars and every episode of Rebels, so I actually had to like you know talk about every episode on it on its own. So I would start every episode like this week we're talking about always who they are, so they kind of stick in your brain. Yeah, that's uh, true. We, well, especially the passion that you give
0: them. Yeah, so,
1: like yeah, you know.
0: As as we are <laughs> coming to a close on this here episode, this is the perfect time for. Uh, hope to talk about Rebels Remembered.
1: Oh, I thought it was going to be the perfect time to talk about my favorite mo- moments of Rebels. No, you, you are. This is your <laughs> moment <laughs> you to talk of about why Rebels... Rebels yeah,
0: yeah. Because yeah.
1: Rebels Remembered is very exciting, and I actually wrote it down because I don't, don't want to mess this up. So,
0: now March, go into then. your favorite moment first.
1: Oh, well, I already... Put, let me put the document down then, because I was about to talk <laughs> about Rebels Remembered Day. Stop <laughs> changing I'm things like, up.
0: I'm such a I'm like I'm like Hera now. I'm a parent. I'm, like I'm so. Parent. Which one no, am I doing yet. now,
1: Brian? I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> am I talking about this or that?
0: Yeah. No. Talk about your favorite moment because we have all shared some of our favorite moments, and this is why we remember rebels.
1: Oh well, for me, it's like I. I think it was, like I said, um, Twilight of the Apprentice. I waited 10 years of my life to see mm-hmm. that showdown. Like, that episode means so much to me. Um, the music is... I will argue that Kevin Kiner is more Star Wars than John Williams. Don't add me. <laughs> um, but that's just because that my entryway to Star Wars was animation. So, like, my first real true love was... Like song titles, like "Into the Star Cluster." Um, I love that piece of music. I love "It's Over Now," which is that final song of of um, Twilight of the Apprentice. Uh, but since we've already talked about Twilight Apprentice, one of my other favorite moments um, is the honorable ones. Just having that entire episode based around Callous and Zeb, and it's so brilliant because you can see him just Zeb just carefully breaking away the Imperial wrapping paper around him. Like we were talking about propaganda earlier and everything that Callis says is a piece of propaganda and Calus and Zeb has a piece of logic to go with it. And it just breaks down until there's nothing left. And it's just callous And I love those like enemies having to work together to get out of stuff tropes. And it's so great. And you have big dumb space chickens trying to eat them. Um, I, <laughs> I, I love that episode so much because it. I think to me, it's one of the most hopeful episodes of Rebels that you could have to, you say this all the time, Brian, you know, like what's the point of blocking people and not having conversations. Um, You say that all the time, and it's it's so it's such a moment to put Callus on a journey to become such a different character. To have let Zeb have a moment yep. of healing because he survived a genocide. You know, he lost everything in his life, and to know that there's they've just been trying to kill each other for a season and a half. To have that moment where they have to come together and actually just. Talk, And there's so few episodes that where people just talk in Star Wars. And that's why I love that episode so much. And just another one of my favorite moments because it was in your title screen to get thirsty. I love Thrawn beating (laughs) up. The robots in his training room, and he has his bare arms out. That's just the best moment of all of Rebels because they knew they knew that I would be watching, and they're like, Oh, let's have Thrawn beastly. Well, and it's such a power move, too, because he is calling in people to talk to people about trying to find the mole in the empire, so he knows they're coming, but um. Uh, 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 he just decides to beat up some robots then. No, that's a show of force move. That's Thrawn being tactical. Um nope. this, Is that my robe?
0: <laughs> so, um, hello, Rob. Welcome, Rob.
1: Hi, Rob. I think that's Thank my
0: buddy, also, Rob. Alo- also, hello, Jeff, because I don't think you've ever been in Jeff.
1: No, no. Uh, I invite, yeah. We've we invited yeah. him. Hi, Jeff. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just, I I, I love... The honorable ones. I think that's one of the best written episodes to show like the importance of actual talking in Star Wars. Go figure. I agree. People talk about stuff in Star Wars. Things happen. Hi, yep. bro.
0: Read- and, and everyone on Twitter, that could happen too. Yep. If you don't block and you maybe try to engage and put yourself out there a little bit too, you could create a future fulcrum.
1: I will say, just my buddy, saying. my buddy Rob, uh, runs a show called Order Forty Two Show, and I've been on his show, and we talked uh, both Star Wars and Zelda, and it's a great show. So oh, nice
0: Ooh. Zelda. I, I, don't right. get to
3: talk,
1: I don't get to talk Zelda very often, so the fact that Rob was like, "Here, come talk Zelda with me," I was like, oh. "Okay." <laughs> nice. <laughs> I no just like Zelda let vomit.
0: Me, <laughs> let me send you the link. No, didn't work. Huh? Not good.
1: Hmm.
2: What?
0: Let me send you the link to go talk Zelda. <laughs> uh. oh,
1: oh! I was, I was like, was I supposed to give you a link?
0: We're we're talking rebels. We're talking families. We've got to have some dad jokes in here somehow. Oh, I'll throw another one, in. Right.
1: So I, like-
3: have <laughs> I have the high rule. Have the high rule, Anakin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's there's bravo, actually a really bravo. there's a really good Delta YouTuber name, um I think Hyrule Gamer and he's also a big Star Wars fan and he tries to put in Star Wars jokes in like all his Delta videos and they're so uh, good I love
0: they're it. so good. Love <laughs> <laughs> all right, hope tell we us also about love? Rebels Remembered.
1: Yes, we also love Rebels Remember Day, so um, I'm gonna pull this up to make sure it's all fancy and I don't fuck up, (laughs) because it's way (laughs) past my bedtime. So, um, Rebels Remember Day is March 5th, and it is a celebration of Star Wars Rebels. It was started by my friend, Jonna Marie, of Geeky Bubble Podcast. And Jonna loves this show. She was one of the early advocates for it. Like, I remember her talking about the show before, like, it ever aired and stuff. Like, she was a huge fan of it. And she especially fell in love with the character of Ezra Bridger. Like, Ezra became this symbol of hope and for not just her, but for so many people. And so... When the show ended on its one year anniversary, she decided to do Rebels Remembered Day, where it was just a celebration of this show. and it's every March fifth. And, it was such a huge success that the following Star Wars celebration, they named the Star Wars Rebel panel after Rebels Remember Day. Um, and so now we're going on our third year. And it's just so much fun. It's You don't have to do anything fancy. It's it's We just share fan art and fanfics and podcasts and interviews. Uh, people share their favorite characters, their favorite episodes. I'm going to be writing prompts all day, like, um, so if you want to come check me out at, at Hope Mullinax, which is should be my t- title thing. Um, I'm going to be releasing prompts all day, like favorite characters, favorite episodes, just your favorite moments of why you love Star Wars Rebels. And it's just a celebration of the show, of why we love it. Favorite, like, here you go. Here's my favorite piece of Star Wars Rebels trivia. Are you ready? So there is a cut. Um, when they were creating that final scene in the finale where all the wolves were attacking the stormtroopers. Oh, yeah. Um... They the, the the crew actually replaced all the stormtrooper screams with squeaky toy sounds, and uh, it was an inch joke <laughs> behind the scenes. And so, a fan has made a version of that where they're just running around and just biting stormtroopers, and they just go. <laughs> up on YouTube is great. That's one of my favorite pieces of trivia. But yeah, <laughs> Rebel remember Day is just a celebration, and I, I'm just I'm so honored that Jonna has asked me to. Pit, take up this mantle, and to run the show that we both love so much, and I just—it's—it's it's so much fun. It's March fifth. It's all day. We're going to have a blast. Share. I, I've written fan fiction for it. Cal Z fan fiction because those I love boyfriends that fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, that I collaborated with a wonderful June, uh, Junko. Um, she's wonderful. And so just, just share why you love the show on March 5th. We're going to be running it all day. Use the hashtag, hashtag, uh, rebels remembered. Um, Don't misspell it like Brian did in his original tweet.
0: (laughs) Me? Typos on Twitter?
1: I've done it so many times. Oh, my.
0: (laughs) I have never had a typo.
1: I had to delete my first one because I think I I wrote (laughs) Reblels, remember? And I was like, why isn't this working? And then I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) <laughs> so excited, um, but it's it's so much fun, and we have a good time, and it's just it's just a fun day. It's a celebration of the show and why we love rebels, and it's so good, it's the best I love it.
0: I love so, it. Well, thank yeah, you for coming on. We are today. so excited. We are so okay. excited. We will definitely all be help pushing it because Rebels really is exactly. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Chase put somewhere in this chat earlier after this is over, we're going to have to go start a Rebels rewatch and I think after this, I think I'm going to have yeah. to do it too because it's been a hot yep. minute. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yeah. I'm almost done with season God, one right now, show. which I wasn't expecting yeah. to do and all of a sudden I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to so start. Yeah, so and I, I have no regrets. So, mm-hmm. I love this show.
0: Emma, where can people find you?
2: You can find me on Twitter at Foxler. Ship Who You Want. All ships are valid.
0: Especially if they're Zeb and Callus. Yeah. Right, where can they
1: find <laughs> the, the artwork is beautiful. I can't I can't. Like June's artwork with my story was gorgeous. Yay! Well I just have to say people have to keep each other warm on Hoth. Very important. I'm just kidding. Kalis deals with his trauma. (laughs) He deals with his trauma.
3: (laughs) So it's nice. You can do that then too. Mark, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at IMLDiablito and on uh, the Star Trek podcast, taking you number two with Dallas and Steve on the Bad Motivators Patreon. I love it.
0: All right, Hope. Thank you so much for coming on. We are so excited. It's nice to see you in 2020 version or 2021 version of IRL. You're, I'm very. I love your little set back there. It looks so cute. It's wonderful. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure because. We love you very, very much,
1: but Brian, and we we're... talk all
0: the t- we talk all the time. But yeah, I was thinking you know. about
1: that. I was like, I talk to you guys almost every day, but it's not the same.
0: But where do people find you, Hope?
1: Um, you can find me at Hope Monarchs on Twitter. I also have a Star Wars podcast called Jay Guys and Jedi, where we go through every episode of what we call the Felony We've done all of Star Wars Rebels, we've done all of Clone Wars, and now we're doing Resistance. And actually, Mark's going to be. Mark? Where are you? No. Mark's going to be uh, joining us uh, relatively soon um, when we get to that hey. episode. So um, we have a good time, and we deep dive on each episode, and we come up with dumbass nicknames, like Malio- <laughs> Molly and Savaji, the Super Malio Brothers! <laughs> <laughs> dumbass nicknames. Yeah. Um, I love it! Uh, there's a reason he's called Grande Boyfriend and Blue Husbando. Um, but yeah, we have a good time, and I we, yeah, come check us out at Guys and Jedi, and I also have a animation podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, where I make Chris watch Gravity Falls, and we're about to start Avatar. <laughs> soon. So.
0: Oh, and soon to be an Avatar Universe. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I'm, I'm both excited and scared. I have mixed yes, feelings about that.
0: I am, but I'm going to ride the excited wave until I'm told not to. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. You can find me at B underscore sips pink milk. You can follow the show at serving pink milk on both Twitter and Instagram. You can head on over to our website at servingpinkmilk.com. If you are watching this on YouTube right now, I hope all of you have hit that like button because I know more of you watch it than you hit the like button because I can see it all sitting there. So don't do it. I'm a dad. This was episode was about families and just pretend like hair is telling you to do it. So do it. If you're listening to us on a podcast on Monday, don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and leave us a little written review because those things really help get us in more ear holes. Hope, thank you so much. Everyone in the chat, thank you. Jeff, welcome. Rob, welcome. Charles, I've met you before, but welcome. I don't think you've ever been in a chat before, so thank you. That was very, very nice to see. Um, Dave Filoni and everyone over there at Star Wars Rebels, thank you for giving us a beautiful show because it was fantastic. And until next Friday night, it's that time. Drink up.